0: Alright guys, welcome to episode 112 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm River Castro. And this week, we talk about Light and Magic on Disney+. We talk about Drive to Survive Formula One uh, on Netflix. Uh, we talk about the weekend's stadium tour, or arena, stadium tour? Stadium mm-hmm. tour. Um, Beyonce's Renaissance, Hack Season 1, the cinematic masterpiece that is Batgirl. girl pride and... of art. And uh, Juan Soto, mm-hmm. whoever that may be, going to, <laughs> going to the San Diego Padres. Mm. But first. As usual, we'll start with uh, some things we've been watching, and I've mm-hmm. I've only got a couple, so I'll let you start.
1: Yeah, yeah. I only have a uh, three no movies this week, um, and then two musical ones. I'll start with the with the show one real quick, just to knock it out real quick. Um, and it's actually not the whole show; it's actually just the first half. But I wanted to talk about it because I don't think I'll have a chance to when I finish it next week, or by the time I finish it next week. But it's um, it's called Light and Magic, and it's on Disney Plus, and it's a documentary series, six episodes. I think uh, each one's been about an hour. And it's about the. Well, well, I think it's. Well, it's about the founding and the early history of Industrial Light and Magic. And they're the visual effect company that does, or that, you know, did Star Wars and Jurassic Park. And I think they did. um, It's like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And and they're, they're huge. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, it's them. And uh, Weta Digital, and then a couple of other small ones, but they're the two big companies that do most of the special effects for movies.
0: Yeah. Also, for for some reason, until I because I googled it as you were saying it, and uh until I saw it written out, it didn't occur to me. But I I knew I'd never heard of Industrial Light and Magic until I looked it up and realized it was ILM, which mm-hmm. is oh, obviously yeah. considered. <laughs> but my brain had only ever heard ILM, so it didn't put two and two together. So okay, oh, but they're yeah, they're yeah. Much.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and they, they come up all the time in the um, CGI Artist React videos. I think they had a, cute, a few of their guys on okay. those movies. You know, they did, God Christ, The Mummy, Men in Black. I mean, every any kind of, up until recently, you know, any kind of big special film. You know, Thor, or not Thor, Thanos. You know, they did half of Thanos, I believe. So mm-hmm. basically, they're the guys that started everything. And it's about their start and, you know, the early history of it. And I believe it goes up through Jurassic Park. If I if I think, if I if I read the title... Correctly, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a bummer because I would love to see like a full documentary about like them doing Titanic or them doing Dead Man's Chest or whatever. But it's fine, it's fine. You know, that's it, not neither here nor there. But, um, it is fascinating. So basically, the first two episodes focus specifically on just Star Wars because George Lucas says he's the one who founded the company and he he said, you know, hey, I had this idea for this movie for the space opera, but there literally were no visual effects companies, um, like that existed when I wanted to make the movie because he right. said he's like you know if they if you wanted to, there was no sort of this in between now I mean I think now we take it for granted that any movie that comes out is a four quadrant movie you know it's you know it's like uh, the Avengers you know it's for kids it's for grown-ups it's for everybody right but he said back then you know if you wanted to do something fantastical or sci-fi you went to Disney and they kiddied it down they watered it down right. or they made it very simple and or if you know and if you wanted to make something a little bit more adult they would Make it make it a little bit harder, and they make it, you know, by Paramount or Dream or not DreamWorks, so, like Warner Brothers or stuff, and it'd be like like a drama, contemporary drama about a divorce or something, right? Or they make like something like The Godfather, right? Right. Um. And, you know, he talks about how he created it from scratch and stuff, and so basically, the first three episodes are just him making the first Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, and it is crazy for two reasons. Um, one, it is insane having them describe the processes that or the processes that they came up with to make Star Wars like everything that they had to do they had to build like from scratch like from nothing like it's just a bunch of dudes who like knew another guy who knew another guy who basically did this as like a hobby or they went to school for like a little bit for like art and they were like hey man like you know I got this thing where like this guy wants to make a space movie. You can draw stuff, right? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. And he's like, all right, well, come over, man. We can work for like a couple hours and then we can just draw stuff. And he's ended up drawing like spaceships and shit. Right. Or designing like the death star stuff. Right. And it's just like a bunch of dudes, like a bunch of ragtag dudes that just came together in a warehouse in LA. And they were like, yeah, so let's just, you know, film this spaceship or like, let's come up with a way to use like a computer software to make sure that the camera repeats the same motion every time, which was like a huge, like, game-changing thing. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's really interesting because everything they had to come up with was just right there on the spot. And then the other thing is that it ends up being kind of a de facto making of documentary of Star Wars, which is also, like, just like this insane, like, mind-boggling thing because George Lucas is in there and he's like, so I had this very specific vision in mind and I had to, you know, explain it to people and get people to make it click. And he has not make it. But, You know, now we're so used to Star Wars. Like, even if you don't never seen it, you don't know it, you know kind of what it is, right? Like, it's not Star Trek. It's not sci fi, but it's not super realistic. It has this very specific, like, you know, um, Flash Gordon, hey, and Buck Rogers kind of like feeling, but it's much more modernized, but it's still dirty. It has like. it became the default for space movies, but when it was coming out, like nobody knew what it was. And so you have this mm-hmm. guy with like a beard who only had like one movie under his belt. I guess no, at that point he had two and he was like, yeah, it was like the space opera movie and just how it came together. It, it's literally like a miracle movie. Like it, 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 it's, it's like hearing him describe it is just fucking nuts. And how it came together. Cause he, George Lucas says, you know, yeah, you know, I gave him the script, the people who do the special effects. And I went and made the movie in England. Like, the with the actors and sets and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and by the time I came back, you know, I was just like, so, yeah, let me see the second half of the movie. And so, basically, like, but there was no Zoom. There was no way to keep up with them. There was no way to, for them to show him the shots. He basically just had to, like, take him at the word that they were working on it. And then when he came <laughs> yeah. back, they literally had one shot done of the whole movie. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, oh the movie comes out in like six months what are you talking about and they like dude they like finished it right at the deadline and hearing them talk about it, it's like yeah we had to you know put the camera on the back of a truck and drive it at a certain speed and let, let off the explosive on the miniature at just the right time and all this insane shit dude it is <laughs> it is nuts it, it's just ridiculous because like yeah i know you know nowadays visual effects artists are you know, they're overworked they work a lot right but it's just you know it's it's all there so t- it's all within you know what you're gonna what you gotta do, even if it takes a long time. You just know you have to be very detailed at it, right? You have to be a good right, artist. Right. But back then, it was like figuring was out to, how to do it. It wasn't how to, just how to like, even do it from yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like okay, I just do this and it takes forever. It was like how is this even possible? <laughs> exactly. And I was even telling Sydney, I was like, I'm get, I, I would get anxious like watching, well, not anxious, but I'd be like antsy watching it, just hearing him describe what they had to do. Like, he'd be like, I had to figure out how to do this and how to shoot the camera and how to do the stop motion, but I had to build it first. And the building was like 105 degrees and I had to work like 10 hours a day for like six months. And like, I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was telling Sydney. I was like, you know, back then, you know, now you have to be a good artist, right? You have to know how to use the computer, you have to have a good eye. But then he's like, Joe Johnson, who actually ended up directing movies, he did like Jumanji and he actually did uh, the first Avenger. He, He was like, yeah, you know, I had to know how to draw mats. I had to know how to have, uh, do, like, carpentry to build it. I had to know how to work the cameras. I had to do sculptures as well. And I had to do a little bit of stop motion, but not too much. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, these it's guys were just, like, just talking about all these shit that they had to build. And it, it's ridiculous. Um, but it, it's really, really cool. One story that that stuck, or that or I sent Sydney a clip of today was this guy is talking about um, doing the stop motion for a creature in Empire Strikes Back called a Tauntaun, which is, like, a mix between, like, a like a horse and a kangaroo that they'd ride. Right. It's like, yeah. And so he said, you know, like, we're going to do it to stop motion, but, you know, he had, the creature has hair. It's not because it needs hair because it's in, in, like, the ice planet of Hoth. Right. And so he's like, so we had to come up with this way to use, like, stretchy texture. He's like, But in those days, you couldn't just, you know, poly whatever, print stretchy hair or whatever. You had to get real hair and then figure out a way to do it so that it didn't break down and just, you know, that you could do stop motion. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, so we figured out this thing. Let's we'll see if I can remember most of these. Like, we figured out this thing that they actually used during King Kong, like literally, like almost hundred years ago. And mm-hmm. he said, "You take that." He's like, "We knew that the the skin, uh, or not the skin, the uh, the fur and the tech, you know, yeah, the skin, I guess, of a of a cow. The hairs are too thick, so you need like a baby calf, but not just any baby calf. It has to be like a preborn, like like the youngest calf you can possibly get mm-hmm. with hair." He's like, "We have to take that calf. We have to skin it, and we have to take the skin, and then we have to apply some sort of um." chemical on it but then we have to put it in a bucket of maggots so that so the maggots eat the fat but they won't eat the hair follicles because they don't want the hair follicles Jesus. and so you kill the maggots you take the skin out and then you apply some sort of other chemical on it but then you have to rinse it off with water and then you have to stretch it over outside or something and that's pretty much how you do it and that's how you get stretchy <laughs> stretchy. <Jesus Christ. laughs> and he's like and i'm like how do you even how do you even do that right like how do you even go Oh, who was the
0: that. dickhead who figured it out the first time? Exactly. Like, exactly. Like when he was telling all of his friends, he was like, look, we can have more realistic hair. And They're like, how? He's like, look, you just got a skin... Uh, th- the youngest baby calf you could find and
1: let the, maggots eat it. Let the and magazine. Like, hey, dude, the magazine. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Right. And he says that he's like, but you couldn't. He's like, you couldn't explain that to like a slaughterhouse or a taxidermy guy because they're probably like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Are they like Satan worshipers? Like, what is this? <laughs> and it is just insane. Like hearing him describe that. And like you said, you know, figure like the first guy, like they're just doing that process. Um, but being like, who came up with that? Like, how did you figure that out? Um,
0: and the, I remember. Like, it's not really, it's not really uh, exactly related, but I remember there was an episode of VFX Artist React, I think, and they were, they were talking about, and it, they might have had to do some of it on, on Star Wars, but I, I can't remember, um, Star Wars, I, I don't know, I don't, my timeline's not good enough, but they were talking about, like, when things were actually shot on film, they were like, oh, yeah, like, you would, like, Leave out parts of the film, or like cut the actual oh, film. Yeah, and then, it was, and then um then
1: film the film with another light behind it. Like, yeah. and it, it was. I was like, "What the
0: fuck are you?" Yeah, talking it was.
1: About? Um, it was the Dune, right? Was it the Dune episode where it, he's talking about how he's like, we had to build a set fifty feet in the sky because the miniature had to be fifty feet high, and then it had a hole in the middle, and then you shot the actors through the hole, like. Hundred yards away. Oh uh, no! It's it was a, a different one. It was like it was an old school. I don't think it was Star Wars. I think it
0: was like an old school one, mm-hmm. like before computers or like special effects were even yeah. a thing. And it was like I think it was like a bunch of uh, little like animated things dancing around a guy, and oh, they were was, like, yeah, yeah, we had to cut out like parts of the film, like the actual film. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had and then we had to. Overlay that overlay. with some yeah. other shit while we filmed it again or whatever, and I was like, "This is just wild, just, dude! It's so
1: ridiculous." And just like they the like, like, gotta like shine un- certain lights
0: some... through it at different times with different mats, and I was like, "Yeah, you're out of control."
1: Yeah, it truly, yeah, just the just the most insane stuff. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of other little stories like that, but that, that that skin one was the one that I was like, "Holy shit!" And so I'm excited to finish it. It's called Light Magic on Disney Plus. Um, I think. If you're somebody who's listening to this and you like the CGI artist react videos, this is, um, I think, a little bit more detailed, like a little bit slower. Those guys go fast, right? Because it's only 20 mm-hmm. minutes. You know, they go pretty fast. They do like, you know, they, they move pretty quickly. But these, you know, people take their time and they explain and, and it's sort of, um, and it's about, you know, it, I guess it, it's about visual effects. It's about Star Wars, but it's also about like sort of filmmaking and then George Lucas sort of being this like communicator of visuals. He says, he's like, I don't, to this, he's like, to this day, I don't know how to use a computer, right? <laughs> he's like, so you would imagine a guy like that, like George Lucas, be like, oh, he's the guy who did all those CGI Star Wars. But literally all he did was just like, I just have this picture in my mind that I want to get out there. And he I mean, described it. Articulate it, it like yeah. super well. And that's what everybody says in the documentary there. Like his gift is having this vision and knowing how to make us see it so that we knew exactly what to do. Um, another story, Dennis Muren, who actually went on to work on Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, fucking all of those movies. And he says, you know, he came in and he showed us this clip and he's like, Hey, I want to add a little creature into this. Can you do that? And he's like, Well, you now we have to build a really big set. We can't do miniatures that small or it'll sort of look janky. He's like, I don't know how to do it. And then George Lucas was just like, Well, just think about it. Just give it some time. Just give it a couple minutes. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, And so I did. I thought about it. And then after two minutes, it just clicked. I just knew exactly how to do it. I know exactly. I figured it out. Like my brain, just my intuition, just took over and I did it. And he's just like, if I hadn't, if I would have just been like, no, I can't do it. And George Lucas would have been like, all right, cool. Don't worry about it. You know, never mind. Right. He would have been. He would have just stop right there. He's like, I would have stopped right there. I would have never had the thought. I would have just kept them moving because they were so busy with all the shots, right? And he's like, and that's what I liked about George. He's like, he was like, you know, just think about it. Push yourself, right? But he wasn't like overwhelming. He's just like, you know, I think you can do it. I think, you yeah. He wasn't. He just, wasn't like, I need this fucking creature he, in here now. Exactly. Yeah. He was just like, just think. Just figure it out. I, I trust you. And um, because he handpicked all the artist guys, and he's like, yeah. After like a minute and a half, I was like. I got it. And they and showed the diagram and it was like this insane contraption of mirrors and stop motion and like all this stuff, which is crazy because like I said, nowadays you just take one guy out of like CalArts and be like, hey, put a, put a dinosaur down there and you do it in like six hours, right? Or maybe less. Yeah. we. I feel like,
0: hmm.
1: All right. So this is an over-exaggeration
0: and this is like one of the old head things, you know what I mean? But like, because ultimately I don't think the films are any worse because of this. But, like, you lose so much of just, like, I want to just call it the art, right? Like, like there's so much, like, s- literally, like, moving mirrors th- and, and, like, the whole... I mean, it's always crazy to me every time I see the James Cameron thing with the Lord of the Rings and the table where uh, Gandalf's sitting at it. Oh, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. And they're they like, the oh, it's just a dolly the that's also moving... Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a machine where the table moves at the same speed as the dolly changes angles. And mm-hmm. blah, And that's why it looks real. And, like, I don't I don't think they have to do that now. Like, now they're just like, yeah, we'll just, we'll
1: just map them in. We'll just map right. them in smaller. And, you yeah. know, like... Yeah. I mean, there like was just... so much
0: of that, like, expertise, right? Like, all that... And it's, like I said, it's not like the movies look worse now. You know what I mean? I mean, some of them probably do.
1: But, <laughs> but uh I think you said Jurassic uh, World. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just well, yeah, it was like shit. And um, um, there's a story of when they were making, you know, they need the Lord of the Rings and then they made the Hobbit like 10 years later, right? Mm-hmm. And the Hobbit's production was all fucked up. So I don't think it's entirely Peter Jackson's fault. He kind of came in late and they just, it wasn't like as good as he didn't have as much time to prepare and like get everything done as with the first three, but he came in and there's a story about Ian McKellen who plays Gandalf, like breaking down and crying. He's like, this isn't what I wanted to do. Like, cause he's in front of a green screen, like for all day. He's like, I mm-hmm. didn't want to do this. Like I wanted to be with actors. Like I, I, because he's, you know, it's a hobbit. He's the only actual like human sized person. He's like, I, I, he's like breaking down crying. He's like, I don't, I don't want this. Right. right. And so it's like, yeah, you're right. It's just like yeah. Yeah. Also, sorry, you said Peter Jackson.
0: That's who I meant, not James Cameron. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, uh But, yeah, that's it's just, you lose so much. And even though things can kind of look better, like, and I, like I said, I'm not trying to do the, like, oh, back in the old days it was better. But, like, it's a shame to see that, like, go to waste, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just
1: a thing that's gone now. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I forget who it was on Twitter because, you know, nowadays people bitch about... You know, the volume, the 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 stagecraft thing, the the, yeah. um, the one that Mandalorian uses where it's like LED screens, right? Um, and people bitch about how it lo- makes movies look fake and how Thor didn't use it right. And I do agree that Thor didn't use it right. But I think the reason for that is because it's the reason for everything. Where like people... It's all tools. Once shortcuts become available, they start to rely on them. Exactly. Instead of using them for being like, oh, this shot would look better with this, and then we use screenshots, we're We're basically figuring out like a puzzle, you just go, oh, just put in the volume, just do whatever, right? Yeah, also, the fucking Mandalorian doesn't look
0: like that, right? (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) because they took their time, right? Yeah, yeah, they were like, like, all right. right." We're trying this new thing, and we
1: got to figure out how to make sure it's going to work right. Right. And if I remember correctly, I think they said that the volume, the thing about them is that you have to prep the shots you can't make them up on the spot because apparently the angles are caked into the leds like that day and so it reminded me of when they when i think the cgi artist guys had on a guy from who did a alita battle angel yeah and he was like so we you know we have these sets where there's like a thousand cameras set up in the system and you know we save time on the back end but setting all that up takes so much time beforehand Right. and so people he was he was like people seem to think that because we have more cameras now or better cyber, you know technology now that it's easier but he's like it's always going to take the same amount of time what changes is whether you want to do it after the movie's shot or before right. he talks about a chappie he's like you know they put their things on chappie but that ended up being just fucking unusable because they, right. they just they didn't give him any good um like it yeah. wasn't, yeah, they couldn't actually track it or mocap it. It was just exactly there for reference, basically. And they had to do exactly all that they just erase the dude and put yeah. him back in, which took a lot of time on the back end. But Alita took less time on the back end, but all the time was on the front end where they had to be like, All right, we're gonna shoot this camera. All right, we're gonna have like 12 cameras around. All right, everybody ready? And it's like, it's like two days to set up like one day of filming. So, but I think I feel like ultimately,
0: the... I feel like you can generally tell that like the things set up on the front end look a little better. And I think it's because if if you're doing all that work before the shot, that means you have taken the time to plan it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, res. If you just try and fix it on the back end, you're just hoping that what you already have will work. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: oh yeah,
1: yeah. And um, well, I think for a
0: lot of like you like directors and you know people, it's like, well, that's not like my time.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I can just.
0: Like do it, and then be like they can figure it out, and then you just step away from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all you know. And I think if they if if it you know going back to to the to the show, I think if anybody else had come by in that time, it, it was just like this perfect line of line of of people in the right place at the right time, right? Because if you have a guy who if he's a little bit of a slacker, isn't doesn't have Lucas's focus or vision, movies look very different today, mm-hmm. right? I think it's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, usually you have a tree, you know, fork in the moment type thing in, in movies, whether it's the Godfather or, you know, Jurassic Park. But it, I think this is probably like the big one where it went, it could have gone very, very differently if Star Wars doesn't come out. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that's a uh, light and magic on uh, on Disney plus. Um, I watched the first three episodes. I got three to go. It's really entertaining. Um, like I said, I wanted to talk about it today because I, I don't know if I would have time um next week but yeah i totally recommend it if if you're like you know it's it's movie history it's filmmaking history like filmmaking like sort of how it, it's a collaborative thing and it's also really just really cool cool deal um uh well moving
0: on from that mm-hmm. um and that's on disney plus correct yep mm-hmm. okay. yeah um moving on from that there i'll talk about a docu docu series i mean i guess um that i watched on Mm -hmm. netflix um it's called uh form f1 uh drive to survive and it is uh basically all right so it's it's uh, it takes the format of like hard knocks right which is Mm -hmm, the -hmm. the, the difference though is that um I, i mean i can't speak for any of the new seasons if they change the formula i don't think they have but it's, it, the only thing that I would say is not great about it is that it is done after the fact. Um, which is to say that, like, the first season came out... Uh, let me look it up real quick because I, I looked this up earlier. So I know the number, like, the idea I'm going to tell you is true. I just don't remember the dates. But mm-hmm. um, season one, we'll say it comes out in 2018. But, like... It come, it came out in, like, March 2018. And then the races that you see in Season 1, which all dropped 2018 in March, are from, like, May to, whatever, 2017. Um, so it's it's less, um, like, preemptive or as it's happening as much as much as it's, like, a recap mm-hmm, um, of mm-hmm. some of the storylines that happened. Now, I mean, I haven't followed F1-2 progressively, so I don't know how public these storylines are. But, um, the one thing I will say is that I have no experience with Formula One. Um, episode, or season one was captivating. Like, it was everything you love about Hard Knocks. Like, it it, it was, I mean, like, other than literally the football. Like, like you get these great storylines with different teams, different people, different circumstances, how they compete, um... And it's all super interesting and, and super fun to watch. Um, you know, I think uh, from what I read, you don't get any of. I mean, I don't know how much you know about F1 racing, but there's ten teams. Each team has two drivers. There's twenty drivers total. Um, hmm. The two, the biggest correlation between winning in Formula One and anything else is funding. Hmm. Um, the two best teams, by far and away, at least. Up until very recently, I don't know, now it may not be the case, but we're Mercedes and Ferrari, um, and Red Bull has been, like, kind of catching up, uh, mm-hmm. basically all
1: I know. Um, and so, is this the show that sort of drove that spike in, in popularity? In I, I know, think so. Because I know over the last, like, two or three years, you know, kind of like, um, you know, every Saturday morning, I would wake up to tweets about soccer, and be like, "What is going on? What is this?" Right. I, I've started to wake up to F one, be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe," uh, what's his name, Mercedes or Ferrari? Be like, and "I was like, wait, what's wait? Why are people talking about this now? Like, yeah, where did this I, come from?" And I, 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 somebody was like, "It's a Netflix show," and I was like, "Oh, okay," but I, I didn't realize that. I, I wasn't sure if this was that that I, that show that led to that. It is. I'm
0: I'm like ninety nine percent sure that this mm-hmm. is the thing that like drove its popularity, and I can say with one hundred percent confidence, like. It makes sense. Like after watching this, I'm like, fuck, I kind of want to watch like F1 races now because <laughs> there's like I'm not super interested in the racing. Like I do think <laughs> it's it's great, but like the storylines are all amazing and they're like well crafted. And they didn't have Mercedes and Ferrari in the first uh, season. They even though those are the two biggest teams, those teams were like, we don't really want your cameras like watching. We don't know if it's gonna be a distraction for our team. Blah blah blah. So we won't do it. So Netflix was still able to make like very compelling TV out of like never even getting to film the the two best teams that were like battling for first place. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's really it's really cool like you know I recognize some names um and so it's cool to see those names very early on versus mm-hmm. I know them being good now. But like my favorite thing, right, is that there's a team uh owned or named Haas which is like an American owned team. And mm-hmm. it's, it's new. It's only been in the formula One for like three years. I think at this, it, at this point in season one. And like, like I said, the biggest correlation between winning and One is money. Um, because you can pay for better drivers and you can pay for better cars. Right. Uh, but anyway, so Haas is pretty cheap, but they like splurged on their, their car and it's the yeah, car. Um, and it's, The thing is, is like, this is a super fast car, and if our drivers are good, we can compete. And like, everyone's amazed at how well Haas is doing so far. But like, my favorite thing is that in episode one, Mm -hmm. the thing is is that the car's super expensive, and they don't have the most money. So, like, as Formula One cars getting wrecks throughout the race, not full, not the full blown wrecks. The full blown wrecks, you're cashed out regardless. Oh, but like. As, like, a tire clips the front wing and, like, breaks it, or, mm-hmm. like, two tires rub together and fucks up, like, uh, bursts a the tire, mm-hmm. they, you know, each team, once they pit, they have replacements, right? Like, the whole front end of the car is, like, a separate piece that can be bolted back on. Mm-hmm. Um, And, but the thing is, Haas only has one of every part. Like, they don't have spares for when shit gets fucked up. Like, they're, like... We just don't have, like, the funds right now. Like, we've we've got our cars. They will do well. But, like, I don't have enough to just be having a bunch of extras to throw at shit. And the first, like, um, they're doing well in the first race. The first driver comes in for a pit stop. You know, the fucking pit crew, like, like putting everything on. The fucking car leaves. There's one guy still standing there from the pit crew. And he turns. He's, like, one of the tire guys. And he's, like, it's loose. And they're, like, what? And he's, like. I thought it was tight, but, like, as soon as he drove off, I was like, I, I don't think I tightened that wheel. And my man gets, like, one turn down. Boom. Left tire, back left uh. tire goes. They're like, just pull over. Like, and it's embarrassing because, like, they're a new team and their driver literally just pulls over off the side of the track and just, like, is, is done racing. But every team has two drivers. So the next driver, they're like, all right, we can still get points in this race if he finishes well. He comes in for a pit stop. They leave different guy standing there. The guy that does the front left tire, mm. not the back left tire. He's like, "I think it's loose." They're like, "What?" Oh my like, God. <laughs> and he, and like, gets one turn, bang! Front left tire gone. <laughs> Both cars sidelined, and like the owner is calling the guy that I, I guess you would call him like the coach or the manager. You know what I mean? Like mm. he, he's the head guy, but he's not the owner. The owner calls him, and he's like, "Look, I know." know, <laughs> the, the owner's like. You can't hear the owner, but you can just hear the coach being like, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, I know that doesn't make it better. There's nothing we can do right now. Like, it's, it's all said and done now. We'll work on it. But, yeah, we fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's like, that's your first introduction to Haas, right? Is that there are low expectations. They are, despite those low expectations, still doing very well. But they're clearly fucking up. They're clearly the new guy, right? Like, that's your first, and that's that's episode one. Not the whole episode, but that's a part of episode one. My favorite thing about this show is that all through season one, you don't come back and, like, they don't focus on the Haas team at all again until, like, episode seven or eight. And my favorite thing is that I noticed this, and I texted my dad, mm-hmm. who had already watched the whole first season, and I was like, hey. Every time they show a clip of, like... <clears throat> so, it'll you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And you talk to the drivers. And then it'll be centered around a race, right? Kind of like Hard Knocks. It'll be, like, about the stories. But then there's always, like, a practice. You know what I mean? That they're mm-hmm. showing. Um, and it, so it'll be, like, talking all this backstory. And then it'll be about Renault, which is a big French uh, manufacturer. And they have a Formula One team. And then there'll be one that's about... Um, some like force India team that is going through all this stuff. But my favorite thing is every time they go to a race, right. Mm -hmm. It'll be about Renault. And then, but the thing is they have the F1 like announcers on like they, they have their audio in also. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. it'll be like, as they're going around, it'll be like the F1 announcers at the time of the race. They're like, Oh, so-and-so takes a, goes inside for the, to overtake, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every single race, every single race, it's like about Carlos Sainz, who's a Renault driver, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, "Oh, Carlos Sainz going the car." Oh, Grosjean from Haas crashing. Like, and, and the thing is, like, he is not the focus of any fucking episode. But mm-hmm. I texted my dad like five episodes in. I was like, "Yo." This dude with Haas crashes every single race. Like, I don't know what he's doing, but every Uh single race he crashes. It's not even about him, but, like, you'll hear a guy on a Renault team in their episode be like, uh, so-and-so won't even make it past the first corner. And then they go to the first corner, it's like, oh, Haas racer crashed. It's like, God, bro, what is happening? And then you get to episode seven, and it's literally an episode about that driver, like, just emotionally and mentally struggling because he's been doing nothing but crashing and it killed me because the thing is is they don't they barely point to it in any of the previous episodes like mm-hmm. if you're not paying enough attention to the names like it's just a crash like it doesn't affect the storyline at all because it's someone else crashing i just happen to notice it was the same fucking guy every time and then episode seven they're like so this driver's been having a really hard time because he keeps crashing, and I was like, I knew it! <laughs> I, got, I heard <laughs> it! I saw it! Um, so that was hilarious. Um, but ultimately, the the show's great, and it's, I you I think you could watch one episode that's like mm-hmm. 37 minutes long and know if you think you'd be interested. I think there's enough there in one episode to let you know if you're into that kind of thing, even if you're not into racing or if you have no familiarity with it, mm-hmm. like I did. Um, yeah, I stories. think I,
1: yeah, I think I might because I I've heard like the, what you said like it's like hard knocks. It's like you don't need to. It's like storytelling. It's not just you don't. It's like anything else, right? It's like Star Wars. You go into it, you you take it what they say, and you go okay. Well, now tell me the story, and they do it right. Like I don't have to be like right. well, I don't get racing. It's like well, what motherfucker, fuck are they gonna teach you, and they're gonna like teach what you need to know, and you're gonna, they're gonna you're gonna know what you need to know to make the story click. Right, like like uh, either the first
0: or second episode is about Red Bull. And the thing is they have a former they have like a very high level championship driver named Daniel Ricardo and he's on their team but he's been there for a while he's 30 years old it's you know he's he's not a spring chicken anymore but like there's a whole thing where they're talking about him and a guy named Max Verstappen who is like 20 like you know what I mean like 19 or 20 and he's feeling threatened Max Verstappen because they gave Max Verstappen a bunch of money Mm -hmm. and the thing is is like this is in 2018 it's not so clear in 2018 that Max Verstappen's better he's just an up-and-coming guy that's supposed to be very good versus an established guy that's very good but it is kind of cool to watch the episode if you happen to know that you know 2021-2022 Max Verstappen is considered like top 2 drivers in in the world you know what i mean between like him and lewis hamilton so like you see all this dichotomy of like uh, red bull not being sure like not wanting to push ricardo out cuz he has a lot of history but also they think max verstappen is going to be really good but he's not proven yet and it's like are they going to make the right choice you know what i mean like cuz cuz like you know now that Max Verstappen's great, but they didn't back then. You know what I mean? So it's uh-huh. it's still really interesting stuff that's uh, that's worth watching for sure. So, nice. um, I mean, I finished the first season in like a weekend.
1: Um, nice. Do you think you'll? When you, I mean, I'm sure you'll watch season two, but do you think you'll watch like actual F1 races, or wait until you finish the series? Mm-hmm. Or I, I'll probably wait until I finish the
0: series, I guess, mm-hmm. or because I don't. The F1 season's already started, so I don't really want to, like, just randomly start keeping up with it in the middle of the season. So, like, I think the season start, like I said, maybe May. And in March, I think they'll release the season of Drive to Survive for the previous F1 season. If okay. that makes sense. So yeah. maybe next go-round, right? Like, next yeah. March, when they release the other one, or whatever the time frame is, I'll watch it, and then... And then actually keep up with the new season of the new F1 season as it's happening. But it is legitimately interesting. Also, the other thing that's slightly unfortunate is that, like, there's there's a racetrack named Spa, uh, I don't know, I, I'm sure I'm not going to this, say this right, but it's spelled like Frank Champs, and it's in fucking France, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or Belgium, I can't, I, I don't know. Um, either way, it's, that's the name of it, and the thing that's extra depressing about it, is that when I saw it, it was like, Ugh, and it like does a little zoom in, and then it shows the outline of the track before it shows the guys in F one driving it. Mm-hmm. I saw the outline, and I was like, "Yo, this is the race I've been stuck on Gran Turismo for two weeks. <laughs> like, I, I've been stuck on this race for two fucking weeks, only being able to get as high as third place." Like I just keep doing it over and over until I can win, and I haven't. And I saw that track, and I was like, "You motherfucker! I know you like." <laughs> like I recognized the turns and everything. It was so weird. You like, um,
1: fucking sleep, you motherfucker. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like I was watching them take corners and shit. I was like, "God, they're fucking me up right now."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Drive to Survive, great. Nice. Um, they're like thirty-seven minutes each. That's it's not, not the shortest thing, but it's also not no, terribly good.
1: unreasonable. So yeah.
0: Definitely worth watching. Nice. What, so, what else you got?
1: Yeah, um, I'll go through these next two relatively uh, quickly. They're both um, musical, music-related stuff. Uh, one, um, I was able to go to the weekend's uh, concert stop in DC this past weekend, um, and it was pretty good. It was, it was actually really, really good. Um, so you know, he did all his popular songs. He did a couple of old songs, a couple of you know, deep cuts, um, but overall, it was a pretty good show um he's a he actually sounds really good live which isn't always the case with artists sometimes you know they're helped by auto auto tune or maybe their voice isn't it's just fine Mm -hmm. or maybe what makes it great is more of a yelling sort of sound but he actually sounded really good live um and the show overall was pretty good um i was telling my friend who i went with i was like i I am very surprised i was when when we were there i was like a i'm very surprised that we're here and b that there's this many people because i think they said it was sold out but you know it's like it's, it's Fed, It was at FedEx Field, which is where, you know, the, the Commanders play. So it's like a football arena. But they cut it pretty much into – they cut off like a third because that's where they got to put the stage right on one end. And then the other two-thirds, you know, there's mostly people, but some things are capped off. So it's not really like a full stadium. It's like maybe like 40,000, 50,000 people. But I was telling her, I was like, it's kind of nuts because I think I've said even on here on this podcast before, I was like the only people who I thought could do stadium tours – were Beyonce and Taylor Swift, at least people who are, um, active right now. I know people like, you know, like the Rolling Stones and Right you two, those guys sell those out all the time. Right. Um, but in terms of like new acts or like acts that are current now, I think Beyonce and Taylor Swift were really the only ones that can do it. Maybe, oh, and maybe Adele. Um, but, um, when he announced his, I was like, I don't know, Abel, I don't know. I mean, I know, you're big, <laughs> but like, you know, like people like, um, uh, like Drake has never done one, which I don't think lends itself to, he he doesn't have, he's not like that kind of music, but you know, he's one of the biggest in the world and not even he has done something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even somebody like, I I don't know she's big, like Billie Eilish or maybe Ariana Grande even, right? They all stay, stick to their arena tours. Exactly. Um. so I was like I don't, know, I don't know I don't know I'm gonna put too much too much dip on your chip but he knocked it out of the park the show was, was like great. no like,
0: I've done the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah well I
1: think that that's honestly I think if he hadn't done the Super Bowl and he had just gone straight into a, a tour he would have probably just done an arena tour but I think mm-hmm. he did the Super Bowl and was like you know what I could do a big fucking show like this <laughs> and that's probably why he you know he did a big show but it was great um you know if you're listening to this um i think he's it's worth going to see if, if i think it's still relatively early in the tour i think he's about maybe like a quarter of the way through so if you were listening to this you're like you know what he's coming to denver or la or san francisco or wherever in a couple of weeks i think he's he, it's a it's a great show i i really liked it um and uh so yeah, Seth, that's uh yeah the weekends um it's uh, after hours till dawn tour so it's actually the tour for his latest two well i guess well one of them is two years old, but it's latest because of COVID, um, after hours, and then his uh, Don FM album that came out uh, earlier this year. Um yeah. and so yeah, that was um that was the weekend in the store. And then the other thing is uh Beyonce's album Renaissance came out mm-hmm. and uh it's it's pretty great. I, I listened to it a couple of times over the weekend and it's um it definitely doesn't sound like anything she's done before. Well, it sounds like a couple of songs she's done before, but just stretched out. And it's um it's kind of pretty much what we said about the, the the drake album before that it's like this dancey sort of um afro beats um like techno-y lot of, you know uh bass in the terms of like a bass guitar sound like that dun, 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 like that like that kind of sound and it, it, it's um really great uh, i think i don't know if you saw on twitter but the one thing that really stands out or that has stood out for people is uh the transitions which i always yeah. i love when a good song goes from one to another it's like a it's like, oh shit, I can't believe they did that, right? I think yeah. um Drake's Drake's More Life album does that a lot. Um I'm trying to think of what else. There's a couple of songs by the band Phoenix that do that. And every time I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh the song's slowing down. All right, it's about to end. Oh wait, it's going on. Oh shit, new song. <laughs> oh wow, how did they do that? It's a, it's like a it's a very like monkey like monkey lizard brain thing to be like, oh wow, right? But it's just yeah. still so cool when when it happens. Um, and so that's a very cool part of it. Um, I have to listen like like always. I've said on here before. I have to listen to it a bunch of more bunch more times to really like be like, wow, that song touches on these things that feel great. Um, and once again, I, my mind is fucking blown by people that can do that on Twitter. <laughs> right? Like they'll be two hours and I'll be like, wow, this song captures the feeling of falling in love when you're in sixth grade, and it samples these three songs, which are I'm like, how? how is this happening? How are you doing this? Right? Because for me to do that, I have to be like, wow, I finally caught that line from Twisted Fantasy and that thing came out you know, 12 years ago and I've listened to that album a billion times. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'll have more thoughts, I'm sure, by the end of the year when I do my like top 10 songs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the album's pretty good. It, it sounds a little different. It's a little bit dancier. So, you know, it definitely, you know, you want to get up and just, you know, move a little bit. It gets you, gets you, gets the people going, like uh, Will Ferrell says. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, Beyonce's Renaissance. Great album. I listened to it a couple of times. Um, give it a shot if you like her other stuff. Um, or even if you don't. I, th- I think, um, I think if I remember correctly, it's like, Metac- it's like her highest rated album on Metacritic, which I think is a little bit of recency bias. Right. But there's definitely something there for at least, you know, people who aren't huge fans. Yeah,
0: uh, I'll definitely, uh, I didn't listen to it. I, like, kind of got caught off guard because I like i saw people talking about it yesterday maybe and mm-hmm. i was like oh shit didn't know it came
1: out so uh, the, yeah you know might be something um, to check out yeah yeah um, i'm trying to think if we have time oh good yeah let me get this let me get this off my mind real quick because i've been thinking okay. about this because people you know talk about beyonce online i love her she's got her beehive people on twitter talk about her all the time but i don't know why it's it's a weird kind of Buzz because you have somebody like Olivia Rodrigo or Drake or somebody else. I can't think of anybody else who has like a number one. Lil Nas X, I guess. Who have this white hot buzz around songs? People tweet about them. They, they post on Instagram about them. They're like popular online. And then a week later, they go, oh, it's number one on the billboards. And, you know, the top three songs are on billboards. Like what happened with Drake's album, or right. Lil Nas X was number one for like 19 fucking weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Or um, Olivia Rodrigo's album has been like top 10 seller for the last year. And her songs went like number one. I think a, a couple of songs off of that album went number one. But for some reason, like, I saw everybody talking about the, the, the Beyonce album. And then they're like, oh my god, this song that like everybody's tweeting about debuted at number 13. So I'm like, what so what, <laughs> what is the disconnect here, right? Because everybody's like, ooh, break my soul, it's huge. Oh my god, it's gonna contend for number one. And maybe that'll be next week's list, but then they're like, oh my god, it uh, oh my god, it, it it peaked, it peaked, it hit its peak spot at number six. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, So like what is the disconnect? Or like is it just like that it's like an ecto chamber where everybody online just listens to Beyonce and like literally the buck stops there because she has not had a solo number one hit since single ladies I think I was was gonna say that 14 years ago crazy yeah for somebody who has that much of a a cultural pull right in the time that since she's had her because she's had you know she had one with Megan Thee Stallion and I think she had one with Ed Sheeran but she was featured in both but her last I think I'm I'm like 90% sure her last like true solo number one was single ladies in that time, Drake—well, maybe not solo—but Drake has had at least five solo number ones, right? <laughs> maybe more. I know he's got ten total, or ten, nine or ten total. But at least, I know he had at a minimum he's got like five number ones, like by himself. So, like, what is it, right? And that's what I was talking about when, when he announced his album and he's like, oh, you know, I gotta get out of the way for the for 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 the queen because she's gonna come out in a month. I gotta make sure I release my album because make sure there's nothing around it. But it's like, why? The numbers say that you should. If anything, she should move out of the way for you. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just something that keeps. Yeah. It's just so weird to me because, yeah, it's just, it's like everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, Don't you Up Beyonce. Oh my God, it's great music. And I do. I love the music. I love her music. I love her and she's awesome and I love all her music and it's great. But I'm like, so what is the disconnect? Because usually in other stuff, when, like I said, whenever people go, oh my God, Livia Rodrigo, her album's great and it is great, her songs are awesome, boom, three number one hits. You know, okay, Netflix, right? So, what is the, what is the disconnect? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So,
0: I'm looking at the list, and uh, solo, yeah, it's that's the most recent one.
1: Yeah, that's um, 2008 or nine, yeah. I think. Right? It's just 2008. Yeah, it's bizarre because, thing,
0: like, also just to be fair, looking at this, that might be the. Okay, so there was that in 08. Before that, there was Irreplaceable. Uh, in 06, and those are the only solo number one hits she's had. Hmm. The other ones are, I'm very confused by this because it says Perfect by Ed Sheeran. I don't know if she was featured on it or something, but um, it pulls up with her list of yeah. songs, so don't know about that one. But uh, Irreplaceable Baby Boy, which has Sean Paul, That's uh, a one. Check on it, which has Slim Thug, um, mm-hmm. Savage with Megan Thee Stallion, yeah. uh, Crazy in Love featuring Jay Z. Yeah. And then... Well, yeah, yeah, but
1: those are like, I mean, like, uh, so like her songs, right? Like, they're not. She's not like, because I think the Megan Thee Stallion song, it's like Megan Thee Stallion
0: featuring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but like Beyonce's still featuring Jay Z. So I mean, yeah, like just by herself, I think Irreplaceable and uh, Singulators are the only ones on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, twelve. Yeah, twelve years ago, it's crazy. But yeah, just a little thing that I was thinking about today. I was like, I'm not. I was literally like. I'm not actually gonna tweet this. I tweeted some version <laughs> of it where I was like, "Hey, don't chop my head off." But the numbers are there and they don't lie. So what is the disconnect here? What is is it? I feel like I'm in the world's biggest ecto chamber, and then like literally the it literally you know how some things just uh, dissipate over time? It literally just stops at like Todd and Todd's <laughs> the last person in line, and after that they're like Beyonce who? You know? <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, I just wanted to. Verbalize it, yeah. Yeah. No, it
0: is... Because you're right. Because I... The thing is, though, is I, I feel like... I feel like I'm on the outside of that, which is... Or uh, er, er, right all along the rim. Because the thing is, is that I hear a lot of the Beyonce, like, hype. And I, like... I hear people talking about how great all the things are. But, yeah. like... I couldn't tell you that many songs that she's put out recently. Like, like since then. Like, yeah. I, you know, back to those other number ones, mm-hmm. you know, they're all kind of from 06 to 09. You know what I mean? Oh, like, right. That's the time period. And that's when I remember the most of her music. And I don't remember a whole lot of other stuff. I mean, there's some obvious ones, but uh, but like, I don't remember all of them. Uh, so, you know, and it, it's weird.
1: It's definitely a mm-hmm. weird thing going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm.
0: quite out of place. Yeah.
1: If none of these songs hit number one, then I'm going to be like, or even do, like, even top five, I'm going to be like, huh. It's a little suspicious. Because, <laughs> I mean... Sus. I love Cardi B. Even she has, I believe, three number ones. <laughs> so... Since 2018. What are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> what are we talking about? What's right? going on? What, are, yeah, what is going on here? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's uh, Beyonce's uh, renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, uh, I, I might...
1: I'll definitely check it
0: out this weekend. I think. Yeah, yeah. Solid. I think
1: it's got like some Pharrell stuff. I mean, like anybody who's anybody worked on it. Um, Mike Dean, I think, did some stuff on it. Um, I think even Drake wrote some songs here or there. Um, other guys that. That's how we knew he had to panic drop his shit. Exactly. That's <laughs> and somebody was like, and then somebody said that they were like, it even makes even less sense why he would do that because it's <laughs> it's not even like his album was as good. Because if it would have been as good, then you go, okay, he just wanted to get ahead of the curve. But it's like. Why? (laughs) It's like if somebody was working on Avengers and they were like, fuck, release Justice League in April. Why? Because. Who gives a shit? Uh, Right? Like, it's like, uh, why? You saw what they were making. Why did you do that to yourself?
0: Well, no, nah, see, that's exactly why you have to do it. Because if you don't do it, then you have to scrap the whole fucking thing. Because you don't want to be the guy that came out with
1: the shitty thing after the fact. You know what I mean? True, Just true. like Justice League. You don't yeah. want to be them. <laughs> well, put, put a pin in scrapping something that's supposed to be bad. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> what else have you been watching?
0: Um, the only other thing I was going to talk about is I finished season one of Hacks. Nice. Um, nice. So
1: what would you think?
0: Uh, very, very good. Um, just really solid. Uh, I think it... It definitely, I mean, it does, I'm going to say it does the Barry thing, but now that I'm coming to think of it, like, it might do the all shows thing, which, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe all shows are like this and I just haven't caught on until until recently, but like it gets so much stronger in the second half. Um, And and I think, you know, the character's a little more, I don't want to say a little more fleshed out because that implies they weren't fleshed out to begin with, but. You become more familiar with them so they feel more fleshed out. Like the, the motivations become more clear, their stances become more clear. Um, and, you know, and like you said, there's a lot of like kind of, you know, somebody will say one thing, you know, uh, God, I can't, now I can't remember the characters' names. I know Deborah Vance, Ava. Uh, uh, yeah. Ava will say something, you'll be like, that's right. And then, you know, Deborah says something, you're like, hmm. That is also right.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you about because I was like, I wanted to make, you know, I wanted to um, touch on that because I know we had talked about it. There there was one moment where I was like, this seems like a stretch,
0: and I like, I don't think it even felt out of character for me in the moment, but maybe it wasn't for everybody. So it could have just been me. But like the weird conflict at the comedy club, I felt like. Ava was dead wrong, and I don't feel like anybody would ever take her side in that point. Like, I guess, Mm -hmm. like, her point was, like, technically true, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that, like, you know, Deborah could have tried to use more of her influence to, you know, help out the people trying to come up by getting rid of this guy or reporting him or whatever. But, like, that's such a, like... I don't I don't know. That one to me, even at the very beginning that like she started feeling weird about Deborah because of it. I was like, you're out of control because like we know the time period Suppose you know what I mean? Like, even though this is a fictional story, like we know the time period that this was happening, that that was not really an option. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like other people would have came to that guy's defense a million times before they went against it. So like, there's a whole conflict that to me just feels kind of like forced a little bit at the end mm-hmm. there, but uh, there's a lot of instances where that's not the case. That's just one that I had a personal little like I don't know. This doesn't seem like a valid point. What I mean? What did you think about that specific conflict in season one?
1: No, yeah, I, I think they definitely like pulled it out, like stretched it out a little bit more just to sort of have her have like a can I can say like a. Not a win, but like just have her have like ground to stand on. I guess yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. More than like more than it making actual like sense. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. But ultimately, I mean, the episode's still great and the show's still great, so it's not like that took anything away from it. It's just you know one little qualm I had in my head.
1: But yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, great show. Me, yeah, yeah, and like, and like I said, you know, I, I, I loved um, that the show. I think. Uh, like even when it, you know, both season one and season two, I think I love, love what you said. And what I mentioned, you know, when we first watched it, which says it gives both sides weight. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lesser show would have been like, Deborah, you're just an oldie. You don't know what you're talking about. Like y- y- catch up. Right. Yeah. Or it could have done like a fucking like CBS, like kids these days. Am I right? They don't know how good they have it back in my day. You used to get you know, spanked something, something, something. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, I love that it gives both sides weight and you go, like I said, you know, Deborah says something, yeah, well, Debra, Deborah's right. right. And then Ava <laughs> will respond and be like, what? oh fuck, Deborah, Ava's right. Like, you, got, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's this perfect mix where it's like for them to both move on, they have to, you know, it sounds very, very, um, cliche, cliche and like, obvious. Like. Yeah. Like cliche, Like you have to learn from each other, but I think it ultimately, I mean, that's great. That's where the drama comes from is this tension between the two of them. Right.
0: Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and it just, it really walks that line super well. Um, yeah, so season one ended with uh, the most awful cliffhanger in, <laughs> in, a, in a good way. But, like, I was just like, oh, fuck me. This is, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is bad shit right here. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see what happens in season two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And I think I texted you and I said... um, You know, that season two's jump is, there isn't, I, I, like, I don't say I liked it better, um, because, you know, I like season one, but I think it is a little better, but the jump isn't, like, very from season to season. It's just, like, a little one, but I think, you know, both seasons are fantastic. And, you know, most of all, it's not a drop, which Mm -hmm. I think, you know, could have easily happened with, uh, you know, happens with shows all the time. Yeah, for sure.
0: So that's a uh, attacks uh, season one. Definitely give it a shot if you haven't watched it already. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. All right, so let's move on to this next thing that we t- that you got here on this list that mm-hmm. uh, was slightly foreshadowed. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so um, they so HBO has been making moves to have more stuff on HBO Max, and one of those was a Batgirl movie and yeah. it was never going to be a big movie it was going to be like you know 90 mil but they were going to debut it right on hbo max and they've been planning this for, I think for about 2 years i think they started filming just before covid and today the news came out that they were like um actually no it's not coming out on hbo max and it's not coming out in theaters at all we're just going to straight up just can it just like <laughs> like straight up just like throw it in the like in the, in the vault in the dumpster like forever um And so, you know, I saw some tweets where people were like, yeah, but this happens all the time. You know, people, you know, this happens. It's it's okay. But apparently this is like the first time it's happened in something this big in a movie with this budget. So I'm looking and it's like, first of all, it says filming was
0: completed. Like, like they filmed all of it. It was done. Um, I mean, obviously there's more editing and stuff that has to go down. But like it says filming was complete,
1: Um, which is wild. Yes, yes. I think they are almost done. They said almost done with post-production.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, just looking at the names, right? Here's the thing. I don't know the budget. Mm -hmm. Leslie Grace, who I don't actually know off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton. J.K. Simmons. Brandon Fraser. Now, I know Brandon Fraser isn't necessarily in high demand at the moment. Um, It's been a while. But still, those are three well-known names by most people. and, And this shit is just getting thrown in the dumpster like like this shit's not even getting the straight to dvd treatment they're like just make sure it never sees the light of day Like, <laughs> exactly and people were like um what the hell is this like what, what the hell's going on <laughs> can you imagine me the people that worked on this fucking movie like you, know, you, you did all this time shooting this shit and then they're like
1: exactly yeah we're just gonna have like, to throw it away <laughs> dude, and it's it's that's what people were saying. like it's so bizarre like the, because so like it would be one thing if they were like Oh, you know what? It's not going to be in movies and in, in theaters. Well, I heard somebody was like, "It's just not good enough." Cool. I mean, that's a valid excuse for not putting on a movie. But you know how any movies H- H- HBO has? or you, Warner Brothers has put out that is not good. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, right? right. And so, um, for them to and, and like I said, it'd be one thing if they were like, "Oh, it's not coming out of movie theaters anymore." Okay, all right, cool. Just put it on HBO Max, right? Because you literally dump anything on there. You can, that's, that's the nice thing. It's like the one of the few nice, really nice things about streaming services is that you can just dump shit on there. And maybe it picks up tracks. Maybe people go, oh, you know what? This is so bad that it's good. Or maybe it's campy, but it's nice to have, like, a, a, a um, you know, a, um, a female superhero that isn't, like, a god. it's just, like, a woman on the streets. Like a Spider-Man or a hawkman mm-hmm. right? And maybe people give it a chance. But the fact that they're like, no, no HBO Max, no theaters, nothing. It's like... <laughs> so like, I'm looking at this article
0: uh, from The Guardian. I don't know how reliable The Guardian is. But, I mean, it's not, like, but it says, it says the reason they're canning it entirely is because they felt like the um, most financially sound way to recoup any of the money was to take it as a tax write-off. Because oh like, they, they were yeah. like, the way we can get most of our money back. Like, like, if we start making any money off of it, then, like, I guess they can't write it off of the tax the same way They're like, we literally have to dump this and just fucking. Like, a tax write-off is as profitable as this shit can be. <laughs> like, that's Jesus.
1: so fucking bad. Imagine making this at the budget of over for $100 million. Yeah. Yeah, so he said, if Warner Brothers takes a tax write-down for Batgirl. They will never be able to release the film through a monetizable method. That means they will legally not be able to release it, the film on HBO Max in theaters or sell it to another studio.
0: Right, the best they could do is leak <laughs> that shit on the fucking, like, fucking YouTube for free yeah, with no ads. Vimeo or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Put
1: yeah. that shit on Pornhub, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, people are, well, I'm okay. Uh, it's his, Our first know,
0: female know. grounded super
1: movie <laughs> 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 released
0: officially on
1: Pornhub. It already looks terrible that, that they canceled this, but they're not canceling the Flash. Although, I think the Flash stuff is just that they have sung Way too much money into it. Some as I, heard, I saw a tweet that said something like $300 million, like like a, a ridiculous amount of money into the Flash. I don't think they're going to cancel that one, even though I'm sure they want to. But in the in that tweet, the one that I just read, somebody replied, explain it in breaking bad terms. And somebody said, Walt realizes his distribution is expensive and won't be profitable, so he stops selling his meth and takes a text right off instead. But if he does that, he'll never be able to distribute that specific meth again. And then, in parentheses, they put, "I don't know. I never watched Breaking Bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: this is horrible, bro. This is outrageous. They said this. They said it. It tested so poorly in early test screenings that Warner Brothers
1: was just like, "No, nah, we just got trash." How <laughs> bad must it be? But that's the thing. So, so like, okay, so. Did you ever see the Justice League movie? No, I never did. Pure, not even this. I mean, the Zack Snyder one, I think I talked about in here. Well, the Zack Snyder one's in what four three aspect ratio. Yeah, it's it's four hours. It's okay, it's fine. All right, it's fine. But that other one, trash, garbage, garbage, right? So, if you release that, dude, how bad is this one? And also, like I said, if a movie is that bad then I think you end up doing this thing where people will for sure watch it. Or Oh, people watch were it. talking about Morbius for a solid fucking exactly. month. Exactly. And so he was like, yeah, somebody said, um, in 2022, they canceled the movie with Michael Keaton, a superhero movie with Michael Keaton, and it wasn't the shitty vampire one. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, God, all right, this is completely random, but the,
0: the Zack Snyder 4-3 thing, because that was the... the, mm-hmm. the best. yeah. Oh man, I watch, <laughs> there's a there's a show, or there's a guy on YouTube who releases stuff who was like a fighting game commentator, like mm-hmm. that was his job, he would go to like the big fighting game tournaments and commentate and do analysis for like different matches and stuff, but I, I think he's really fun to listen to, but he's got this show he does once a month, on the last Friday of every month, called Will It Kill, and basically he gets like 20 clips of, like usually the first 10 are like really well known, super popular, like recent games, and like he pauses it when the first, like when a specific hit happens, and then mm-hmm. once he pauses, it, he like asks like the Twitch chat to like bet on if this combo will kill or not. So it's like usually mm-hmm. this, like usually somebody will have way too much health, and you'll be like, "There's no way it'll kill." But then you're like, "But it's on here, so obviously it gets close." And so like it, that's the whole thing. But my favorite is that the second mm-hmm. half of the show. He is all these, like, super fucking, like, terrible-ass fighting games that they're called kusoge, which I think literally translates to shitty fighting game, but they've gotten <laughs> popular because they're so ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, Like, they're not balanced. They're not trying to be good. It's just a ridiculous game. And the thing is, they all, like, a lot of them look visually terrible, and they're, like, super low quality, but, like, every once in a while you'll get one that's, like, Like, he has a running joke that, like, the shittier games, like, they almost always kill. And his joke is, like, if it's in 240p, it'll kill. Like, that's, like, the running joke with the chat. Like, this shit's a 240p. He's definitely dead. Um, But, like, there's one where he's, like, I don't know why all of this game's clips are like this. And it's a YouTube clip. But, like... It's the regular YouTube size clip, but the actual video takes place in like a smaller box in the middle. And he was like, look at this Zack Snyder shit right here. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Zack Snyder's yeah. catching strays in this fucking... Yeah. He was like, I don't know why all these have the fucking Snyder Cut.
1: Uh, the fucking Snyder Cut uh, <laughs> format. Uh, is shit killed me. But yeah. They do one of those in fucking, um, in The boys in the latest season. Really? It starts... Well, it starts off with this like um it's like the movie version of them fighting a vi- uh, like one of the villains from the second season and it's like super like you know grim dark and it's like you know, you know just it's pretty much like and then they, they they do like a thing where it's like yeah you know man you, you know for a while there we weren't sure if we we're gonna be able to release the movie until the fans you know they did release the vodka hey <laughs> release the vodka, and stuff and so that's amazing um yeah but yeah, so Bad Girl apparently is
0: the worst movie ever made. Like, think about yeah. all Which, the worst. Mo- think like, about all the awful mm-hmm. movies you've mm-hmm. seen in your life. I was just gonna say, I was like,
1: dude, yeah, like I've you seen- saw
0: you saw Catwoman with with oh, uh, dude, Harley yes. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You saw the OG like,
0: Daredevil with Ben Affleck.
1: Oh, with the fucking basketball fight, and yeah. Fights and, and the blind, blind, yeah, dude. Like, and, was and the they worried. were like, absolutely not this is a
0: Bad Girl movie. <laughs>
1: Right, and so I'm like, so why is this happening? What
0: could have tested so poorly? Like, I, what? <laughs> like, I'm trying to come up with some fake scenario thing that could make a movie test this poorly. And I can't because I think all the dumb things I could come up with are things that I would think were inadvertently hilarious and I would like it. <laughs> right, so, it's like, so
1: even if, so, you know, that's the thing about these days is like, you'll be on Twitter and then somebody will be like, you know what? This movie wasn't that bad. It'll be like the worst fucking movie you've ever seen in your life. And right. so, like, it's like, well, yeah, but, and, and, you know, as I've said on here before many times, every, every movie is, I, me personally, no. I think every no. movie has at least one thing, or maybe even if it doesn't nail you, go, I see it. I see what you were trying to okay. do. It yeah. flopped, but and it didn't work. But I, I guess I can see it. Even something like Catwoman, right? Which yeah. is like this glossy thing. It's like, oh, you're trying to be like sort of like a, a glossy sort of like a bubblegum movie where everybody looks like that. It's just filmed like shit. And so it didn't work, but I can see it. So even if this movie was like, and dude, and so the thing is, it's it's not even like they got like an unknown director. It's a guy who did um or it's it's a duo and they did um the um, Bad Boys 3 movie that came out just before COVID. Oh, okay. And so they did, they did that one. And it was, you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time in the theaters. And they also did... um, What's it called? Um, it's Marvel. Sorry. I was like, The Girl, Superpowers. They did the first... They did a couple episodes of Ms. Marvel. And their episodes okay. were pretty good. And so I was like, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But
0: the, where I thought you were going with it, because you're like I say it on here, I've been on the record many times, was I thought you were gonna say every movie, like every movie is a like small miracle mm-hmm. to put it together, and I was like, but that doesn't work for this one because the miracle never came to fruition. <laughs> like, like every movie is a small miracle except for the ones that don't actually finish getting made. Like those are <laughs> actually
1: still trash. <laughs> it's like in, um, it's not a spoiler, but in Nope, you know, they they talk about seeing something, and they're like. What's the name for something that's a bad miracle like you know something that's incredible but just is shitty right or like it's bad <laughs> like bad you know like evil um and uh, yeah but yeah it, it, it's fucking it's insane just, it's, it's like just, i said, it, like i said
0: think of every awful movie you've ever seen and this shit is worse like yeah (laughs) and that's why i'm saying
1: this that's why i don't think that's the whole story i think it's a bunch of different things i think it's apparently they had a new ceo come in as well and he wants to focus more on like theater movies and he didn't think this was big enough but it's like but then why just not put it on hbo max like because like i said like they the plan wasn't even oh this is gonna come out in theaters and it's gonna be like a mid-level like budget movie the plan was always 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 hbo max Mm-hmm. I had heard that. Hey, you know, now that theaters are opening up, they might consider a theater run, but it was always, always, always HBO Max. <laughs> so, why not just dump it on there, right? Like, right? They're Netflix, like, no, Netflix this is Netflix, not Netflix shits out an, an the abomination theater. every weekend. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> and they don't care.
0: Netflix out a cinematic abortion every week. <laughs> <video. laughs>
1: They just dump it on there. They don't even tweet about it. They're
0: like, we gave Rousseau's $200 million oh, to, to poop out a turd. The, bro, fucking the Republicans need to go after Netflix next. <laughs> They're
1: like, they don't care, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, all you have to do is just put it on there. You Literally the only way that you can find it is if you search for it. Just do that, right? Like, oh, God. I felt so bad. I was telling Sydney, we were at the grocery store today. And I was scrolling through Twitter, and then they gave me a suggested page, and the suggested page was Batgirl Girl, or you know, Bat Girl uh, film news. And I was like, "Oh, those, I didn't even want to click on it. Those like, poor bastards today." I can't imagine you. You are a fan of something, you do a page, you tweet about it, and I, I did click on it, and then one of them was like, oh, <laughs> he said, I didn't want to, because I, I felt it. bad. But I did click on it. I went back yeah. to like July, July 20-something, and they're like, ooh, Batgirls, we should be getting a trailer sometime. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wrong answer, bucko. Oh, you, my sweet summer child, I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh.
0: oh, man. He said we should be getting a trailer. Like, no, nah, nah, like, not one second of your film will ever see the light of day exactly. for tax purposes. The only
1: trailer that's it's, it's going to be like a fucking, like, I don't know, like garbage truck Yeah, back like, up
0: a fucking garbage truck.
1: The, the little trailer that they hitch to a garbage truck that, like, you know, you put wooden shit into it. And it shits it out on the other end into the actual dumpster. Like, that's... I've I'm just imagined, have you ever heard,
0: <laughs> have you ever heard, like, when comedians will, like, film a special, and then they just, like, go to try and sell it to streaming services. Like, yeah. they, they up front, they, they front all the costs in selling it, and they have, like, it's their thing. Like, they didn't, it's not like they went to Netflix, and Netflix is like, we'll buy a special, and Netflix does it. It's like, yeah. they did it themselves, and then they're shopping yeah. it around to see who that, wants it. That's that's bad Bad girl's like, does anybody want to show this? I how uh... like, You
1: know get this shit on my face right now. The comedian who died from a tragic bear mauling a couple years ago. or Maybe he died in a paragliding accident. I forget who. But he, that's how he does his comedy specials. He, like, uh, wait, he which, the... which
0: one? Um, there's, there's been a few of oh, them. Oh, right. You're right.
1: Which, to... which horrifying, which, horribly, <laughs> which horrifying uh, and undignified accident. comedian? The one with the sexual thing. Uh, which one <laughs> Yeah, which one,
0: bro? I, right um, now I'm stuck between whether you're talking about Louis C.K. or oh, Crystalia. It's,
1: yeah, it's Louis, yeah, yeah. Okay. The slimy one. You know the one. God. <laughs> that, that thing? Okay. Oh fuck. It used to be it used to be part of his act. Okay, <laughs> not helping. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's how he—that's how he does it. Where he like he pretty much owns it from beginning to end. But, um, you know, he they keep they get to sell it or they get to keep all the money from from selling it.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's 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 Batgirl right now. They're they're like shopping it around and delving.
1: <laughs> what I don't even think they're shopping it around. Like I think HBO oh, or HBO's just gonna be like, or, or WB's gonna be like, no, nope, in the vault. And well, they're like, the director's like, can I at least try and move and they're like, Absolutely not. Just burn it. <laughs> it sucks because like if you think about it, like, you know, during COVID, there was a couple movies that were sold to like Hulu. Um, there was one called like Love and Monsters or In the Time of Love and Monsters with uh, Dylan O'Brien that I actually heard was pretty good. I think it's got like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomato, and it's supposed to come out in theaters. But the studio was like, Well, we don't want to do that. We'll just give it to Hulu. And I think they just put it on Hulu just straight up. But I've mm-hmm. heard of good things. But anyway, you can't really do that with this because it's Batgirl. Right, it's We're like right. DC. It's like you can't just be like, "Well, we don't want to release that." We we'll just, it's like the 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 Predator movie that's coming out. I think this weekend or next weekend. You know that one? They can just be like, "I just put it on Hulu because you know it's the Predator. It's not a big brand thing, right? Like nobody, yeah, right? But for this, it's like, well, li- literally, what's his name? Jim Gordon is in it, right? And so, bro, they hit they hit the fucking.
0: Uh... You remember that interview Kevin Garnett did with Craig Sager? Mm-hmm. He's like, I need you. To... He's like, I need you. To... <laughs> When you get home, because he's he's making fun of what Craig Taker's wearing, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "What what are those socks?" And he says, like, he looks at, he's like, "I think it looks good." He's like, "Look, I'm gonna need you to take all this." It's like when you get home, take all your clothes off. I want you to be standing in the living room, butt naked. It's like I want all these clothes in a pile, and I need you to burn them. That that, that that's what <laughs> Warner Brothers is doing to the director. He's like, all that film you got, all, all and, the all the files in your computer. All the film. I need you to put it in a pile,
1: and burn it. <laughs> He's like, "What?"
0: <laughs>
1: and like, um, just burn it. <laughs> and, and apparently, they had like a like a press release where they were like, you know, we loved working with this um, um, talent team or whatever. Uh, not talent team. This um, casting crew. Basically, like with this talent, right? With these yeah. writers and these directors. If I'm those directors, I'm like, no." fuck you why would i work with you right but it's probably what christopher christopher nolan probably saw the writing on the wall and was like these dudes are about to turn on creators pretty quick and that's why he signed that deal with universal right and i don't know if you saw it today but the guys who did uh, everything everywhere all at once they signed like a five movie deal with with like universal oh, um man. because they probably are like well if i'm a director you know maybe not an up-and-comer because you don't have that much pull but if i am mm-hmm. like a mid-sized director like these guys where right? they're up-and-comers Right? Maybe you have like one or two hits under your belt. The guys who maybe did like Captain Marvel. I think it's like a um, a married duo. I think maybe they're just friends. But anyway, if I'm them, I'm like, hmm, I gotta deal with Warner Brothers, or I gotta deal with Universal. I'm gonna go with Universal because they literally will not can my movie like two <laughs> two months before it comes out, and so that nobody sees it ever again, right? Yeah. Now here's the thing, that might be the case.
0: Or mm-hmm. maybe those 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 directors are looking around like Man, they really saved us on that one. That shit was gonna be <laughs> they're like, I don't, I do not want that shit sitting on my reputation. <laughs> I was worried they were gonna put that out, but uh, now, that, now that they told oh, yeah, maybe me they're that they like,
1: that You know what they are? Uh, they're the the um, the GIF of uh, of Drake when Kevin got, uh, Kevin Drake got hurt. You know when he's on the side and he's like, oh, oh you know what I'm talking about? I don't off the top of my head. I'm um, to think of what it was? Let me see if I can send it to you. It's like. Here, Google. Let me see if I can Google uh, Drake, Kevin Durant, Jiff. It's it's like this. It's like him being like, "Oh man, oh darn." And it's like when they were playing the Raptors, and mm-hmm. so he's like, he's like, you know, Kevin Durant got hurt. He tore his Achilles, and he's like, fake, like, "Oh, oh yeah, no, I wish you were I see. Yeah, out there." <laughs>
0: He's oh. like, he's like got his hands on his head. He's turning yeah. around, like moving his arms. Like He's like, oh Hitler.
1: man, it sucks, bro. <laughs> oh, And so people are like, it's <laughs> <laughs> all right, Drake. Yeah. You, you were, I mean, you weren't happy that he got hurt, but you're like, my, my Raptors are going to win. Right. <laughs> so that's how I feel like this guy's, you know, if, if the movie is, she's like, Warner Brothers. He's like, no. oh, we worked so hard. Oh, no, damn. It's like too bad nobody will ever have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, so I think, I think that's, um, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so Batgirl, apparently
0: the biggest atrocity to ever be committed to a mankind via
1: film. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, um, I was just, uh, would you, do you want to squeeze in, which is, uh, one more the, the Juan Soto one, just cause I think this yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Um, ahead. so yeah, so just to wrap up the episode, um, one of the, the Washington Nationals player Juan Soto mm-hmm. was traded to the Padres. Um, apparently this was a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> no I, I know it is a big deal. He's like 23. apparently he's like the next big thing um and it's crazy. the reason I wanted to talk about it is because it's like so the Nationals offered him I think like 400 million dollars but over 15 years. So I think he would make he would be making like around like 30 a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the end of the fifteen thirty mil is probably going to be like nothing, right? Right, because of how deals change. But I think it's interesting. For the reason I wanted to talk about it is, real quick, is because it's interesting to me that there's you have this generational talent, and if you can't sign it, it's like, well, like, do we cut our losses or like, what do we do? Right? It's like when people, you know, when the Magic, when Dwight Howard left the Magic, and they were left mm-hmm. with nothing, right? It's like, what do you do? You know, I just think that some. Um, so interesting. It's like, do we trade Juan Soto, or do we just let him walk for literally nothing? Right? Yeah. The other thing
0: with, I was talking about uh, this with, uh, I think it was my dad, and we were talking about baseball, and we we're like, the thing is, is that ultimately, like, so like it makes it makes sense on one end of the spectrum, which is to say, like, X guy gets, you know, thirty million a year. Mm-hmm. And then, and then guy B is like, "Well, I'm better than guy A." And other teams are like, "Yeah, so we'll pay you 32 million a year." You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Like like guys better, he gets paid more. We want him more, we pay him more. Yeah. But like ultimately, it seems like in baseball having like a number 1 guy doesn't even really matter that much. Like it's not to say that like it's not important at all. But we were talking about it. So, like, let's say you get through your full nine-man lineup mm-hmm. four, like four times in a, in a game, right? Like, so that means your best hitter probably hits out of, because the thing is, is your fourth your fourth trip through the lineup, you probably don't get to the guys near the end of the lineup. So you're looking at, like, nine times three, 27 plus six. So 33 at-bats, right? Yeah. The, the best player in the world only gets to take four of those, right? Yeah. Like four out of 33, not a large uh, usage rate. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And then on top of that, for example, I looked up the best batting average in the Major League Baseball in 2020,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was uh, 341, which means out of those four's attempt, four attempts – you are probably only hitting it once on average. Once, yeah. Once, like once two if or you're lucky. twice, yeah, yeah, on average. And it's like, well, dog, if if your impact to the game is two out of 33, like, how important is it to fucking spend all that money on a dude that, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how important yeah. is it to get Juan Soto or you can just spend half of that and get a decent player? You know what I mean? Like an, a Major League Baseball player. Um, the only one that makes sense to me is pitchers because... Every four games, you know, as they go through the rotation and rest or whatever, your pitcher, like, will dominate that game mm-hmm. every at-bat for, like, seven innings. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, if he's good. So, like, yeah. it makes sense to pay a pitcher. But the what my dad brought up was, like, pitchers are always getting injured. Always. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, it doesn't even really make that much sense for them. Like, I I just don't have the answer for you on baseball. Like, I have no idea how you construct a winning baseball team. Exactly, Yeah. Like, the guys thing that was like with with moneyball is they were like people aren't paying enough attention to the numbers
1: and mm-hmm. that's how they got ahead but now everybody pays attention to the numbers so i don't know what the
0: fuck you do exactly so now
1: like how do you get cuz then you have a team like i think a couple years ago wasn't it the the Kansas City Royals they won the world series on like a tiny tiny little payroll
0: that, that right but then it sounds like
1: it could be right yeah yeah, but for them, for every them, you have like the the Red Sox. Who I think a couple of years ago they had like Mookie Betts. I know they weren't paying him the big money yet, but you know they had like him and a couple of other guys. It's like so, yeah. so like, what is it? But I guess you know I you know I'm not a baseball guy, so I don't know, right? But they're not like quarterbacks or you know even like uh like Kevin That's Durant, right?
0: Like I think I think quarterbacks in football, and I think any basketball player. Like any position can be like super impactful to your team. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like a quarterback in football can literally change your whole franchise. Right, right. One I mean, amazing basketball player can change your whole franchise. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Baseball, I've got nothing.
1: And in yeah. hockey, at and hockey got maybe a
0: goalie. You know what I mean? Like, and because yeah. like they are literally in play always. You know what I mean? Like. They always are at risk of being scored on, so they are always impacting the game. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, Mike, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, I mean, they've got two all-time generational talents, and the answer is
1: just like, yeah, I don't know, they just suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. So it's like... How much, like you said, like how much does it really matter, right? But then, like right now, the Yankees are in first place, in, and and we do Aaron have Judge. that. That's that's the thing is we have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo staying like, and he's like, we do have, have a bunch of like, big like names, something, dudes. right? Fifty something or like sixty something home runs this year. So it's like, yeah. when does it matter? When does it not matter? Like when? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, that's I was like, it, this. it's not that
0: it necessarily doesn't matter. It's just like there is no guarantee, right? Like, right, <laughs>
1: right. Um, I was cracking up. Um, super quick, um, what's his name, the running back for the 49ers. Which, got, uh, Debo Samuel? Uh, Debo Samuel, yeah, he's like, he held out. He got his money. He got paid. And they were like, they gave him his money, or like they said how much it was. And somebody was like, damn, this dude did all that for Tim Hardaway money? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he um, did. He did do all uh, of it for oh, Tim
0: Hardaway
1: money. Yeah, yeah Juan Soto, I'm like, okay, cool, that's another baseball Harrison player. Barnes right now. money. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when yeah when they go to dinner, Harrison Barnes is like, "I'll take care of it. Don't worry." He <laughs> like shut the fuck up, Tom. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I, I mean, for me, when I hear baseball players, I'm like, "This guy got you know ten years, three hundred mil." I'm like, "Need first time hearing about this human in my life, but cool, nice." Yeah, I mean, I wish I liked baseball, but
0: yeah. also just just as a heads up, like or not a heads up because that's a weird way to phrase it, but like on, on a quick quick whim. If you could play any professional sport, right? Like, if you could play professionally and be yeah. great, like, I don't, oh. I'm not saying necessarily all time, but mm-hmm. it'd be like great, at least in your era. Yeah. You know what I mean? What sport are you playing?
1: Oh, uh, baseball. Baseball one, basketball two.
0: Absolutely not, bro. You're out of your fucking mind. baseball do do they basketball? play?
1: They, uh, yeah.
0: Well, first of all, basketball, because ain't nothing more fucking amazing than the idea of
1: dunking on someone. Mm-hmm. But, I know. I just like the big deals like well, I mean, this is anything. it depends, right? Cause now if you if you're really, really good, you get those five year two fifty deals. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that But right. even
0: here's the here's my problem with baseball. It's a hundred and sixty two games in the season. A hundred and six as like half your fucking year is like a game if, like you're playing. This, they're playing like six games in seven days. I like, and like each game is long as shit, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Like a baseball game is like, for, I, fuck your life, bro. Like, what and are, you got like all those like a little like, and because it's outside, you know, if it rains, you got a rain delay. You gotta watch right. those kids run out with that tarp, and then you gotta listen to them do the little shows. Actually, you're right. Actually, this sounds terrible. But the yeah. nice thing would be like you'd be rich as hell. You'd be walking down the street. You no, know, like two people would know who you are. That's that's how I feel about golf. If you ever look up how much good golfers make,
0: insane money. And good. like, who really like other than specifically golf fans? Like, who who really would exactly like, recognize the golf guy? Most of them, like right. Tiger Woods, bro. That's it. <laughs> and what's his name? Phil Mickelson. Just because he looks a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he looks like he would do, he Phil Mickelson looks like he would make a stand-up special for himself and then try and <laughs> try and sell it to different streaming. services.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, with that weird beard and hair. And, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Well, that's that's uh that's the episode for this week. If we're gonna to take to, this
1: episode. We're gonna chop it around. We're gonna sell we're it. Chop it around,
0: <laughs> and then we're gonna burn it because it's so awful that no one's allowed to <laughs> see it's it. In the <laughs> Yeah, it's just we gotta, we, me and Ever have to split this And write it off on our taxes
1: I gotta cover the IRS i sure so you cannot write this off The like,
0: Fucking do? WB's over here with the fucking what do you do with uh, that girl? The, 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 WB's over here with the fucking uh, God what was it called? The Tiger King? Like, I will never financially recover from <laughs> this
1: <laughs> uh, um, I you know what they, they might actually they probably do doing it, like Shut it down! I can't afford this fat girl, while they dump three hundred million dollars into a flash movie. Oh
0: man! And I think I just saw they. T- uh, God, did I did I already move off of it? Because if I moved off of it, I'm not going back. Really? It said uh, it said something about
1: CNN Plus being like three hundred billion dollars. I was like, yeah, I ain't, ain't no and way people i are like paying like for CNN Plus, bro. Dude, they set that whole thing up. People left their jobs, set up jobs at CNN Plus. They're like, "It's gonna be the next thing for news." They pulled the plug after like a month, bro. That shit is that. That shit didn't last as long as fucking Quibby. Quibby,
0: bro. I was gonna say Quibby, <laughs> but I was like, if that's not what it's called, I'm gonna sell it. <laughs> I what, what if you said like some Quibi, bullshit word like flusel
1: yeah. <laughs> and it's so a, why the didn't they look.
0: release why don't they resurrect Quibi just to put Batgirl on it?
1: <laughs> In 10 second checks. Release the Quibi Cut. <laughs> What's the name of the episode? <laughs> Hashtag release the quibby cut.
0: <laughs> Yo yeah. with its fucking uh whatever aspect ratio your phone would be this, bro. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Alright, if you <laughs>
1: if you uh, catch me, you catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. If you want
0: to catch the podcast directly, you can catch us at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram, Twitter, and Quibi. And <laughs> if you can email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.